0: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at burrow.com slash Acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash Acast. Top Cut, welcome to the Top Cut, welcome to the Top Cut, welcome to the Top Cut.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut You Go podcast. My name is Sunny. I am, of course, your host. I'm here with my co-host, Giant Skyhawk. How are you doing tonight?
0: I am, of course, your host. I love... I don't know what it is about that. I love that. I am... I'm good, you know. i done some... I've done some, uh, some soul-searching and some bird-perching, uh, and I'm feeling good. I will <laughs> let you know... Um, i'm not good i'm very tired so this is, um, this is gonna be this is gonna be a very scuffed episode today we're, we're recording this for sure we're recording this the night before uh and uh schedules have been a little wonky but we're uh we're gonna make it work we got some news and uh we've got some questions to answer so i'm excited i'm looking forward to we it we do So, essentially, what we're going to do today is, I know
1: the YouTube watchers are like, ah, everything's different, the quality is really bad, and the audio is also really bad on both versions, and um, everything is just markedly worse for some reason. So, I'm going to explain why. There's actually a good reason for once that everything is super scuffed. I'm tired. (laughs) Finally,
0: a good reason.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. So essentially, we said, okay, it was late Sunday night. And I was like, okay, I know I'm going to have a big day of work tomorrow. Let's go ahead put off recording until tomorrow. I can stay up late. We can record because I don't have work on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we put it off to tonight. A big day was an understatement. I left work after 11 p.m., drove home, showered, changed. We didn't start recording until after 12 o'clock. So mm-hmm. Uh, for once we're actually recording this technically on day of posting uh, so for better or worse we're recording this day of. but what I will say is uh, we did want to go ahead and get this episode out to you because this is uh I won't be on the next episode. so uh get ready for that. I'm gonna be at nats, but Skyhawk said he has some ideas. don't worry. You alone have content. There you go. And then I'm going to come back for one episode, and then I'm going to be gone for at least two more, maybe three, because I'm going to be on vacation for a week, and the week Mm -hmm. within that week is is like three recording times, so I'll probably be gone for like three episodes. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we'll see you're what
0: happens. you're all stuck with me, but anyway.
1: Yes, uh, <laughs> and whoever else we get to co-host. True. True. Um. So, with that said, let's go ahead and get on into today's very scuffed well, uh, episode you, again. Uh, we have some. We
0: have some people to talk about first, don't we? Some 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 uh, some sponsors for the show, perhaps.
1: Yeah. I was getting there. I promise it's not just because <laughs> I'm really tired. So, of course, a huge thank you to all of our wonderful sponsors. A thank you to Steel Fox Games and ETB Games. And, of course, we want to thank Gem Accessories for their continued support. And, of course, we want to go ahead and give a huge thank you to... Dragon Shield. We do have a Dragon Shield affiliate link. If you're buying some card sleeves, the new custom sleeves, you can find links to all of that with our affiliate link down below. So, of course... With that said, uh, let's go ahead and get on into today's episode. Uh, First, we're going to review... uh, Actually, let's go ahead and do Mailbag first. And we'll come around and... After we do the Mailbag, we'll come back around and we'll loop back around to to Euros. How's that? Let's do it. Uh... So, of course, uh, for those that are, are in the Discord server... You saw the tag. I tagged everyone in the Discord server. And I said, send us some questions for a mailbag episode. So, um, we did get quite a few questions. uh, Probably about a dozen, maybe a little more. Okay, so, of course... Oh, I almost forgot. (laughs) Huge shout-out to our patrons. Uh, We'll shout-out the names at the end of the episode if you want that extra episode every week. I can't believe you forgot about our patrons. How could you do this? I did forget... (laughs) Entirely, <laughs> I still have them. The names already pulled up. I still got them. But you know, I forgot to give the beginning of the episode shout out. They'll get mm. the end of the one still.
0: I see. Okay, I got you.
1: Okay, so the first question comes in, and it is: What would be the best way to introduce people into Yu Gi Oh after the two-player starter deck pack? So, hmm. for those that don't know or didn't or missed the episode. There was, there is a two-player starter deck coming that has two starter decks as well as a scripted like dual comic book that comes with it. That way you can have a full scripted game of Yu-Gi-Oh! and not have and like people can kinda understand what the flow of the game is like. So, with that, um it's a great like first first read, first intro. I would say though that past that honestly to me the next step is to just play more with those decks unscripted to me i think
0: that's the move that would be mine yeah like and and something to note is that i think the answer to this question is different if somebody is looking to get into competitive or if they're just wanting to learn casually to know the rules and understand uh like if if somebody is purchasing this and they're like they they just want to play with their friends i think it's a very different mindset i think Playing like with th- this unscripted is good, but like it's kind of built to be scripted as well. So th- it, like it's very, very like starter versus structure deck, right? I, I think it depending right. on your means, having some, like a really, really just like ridiculously cheap deck core that has like a cohesive strategy is probably the next step. Um uh something like super uh simple but that still is coherent. Uh the ua is actually a fun deck i think to teach people they're like the battle phase you can get complicated with that deck but you can also get really really simple um something else that i think honestly
1: is... i think any modern Yu-Gi-Oh deck
0: is going to have those intricacies yeah any modern deck. any uh any control strategy i think uh, like i think uh a deck that can be played in a very simple way but also has a ton of skill expression is trap tricks um so any yeah and track tricks is a great starting place any control deck uh eldlitch probably is actually quite cheap now aside from the golden lords themselves but if let's get a reprint that would be nice um uh alter i'm gonna be honest the best control deck in Yu-Gi-Oh
1: right now is runic i mean i mean yes i get it's, it i get labyrinth is crazy but i think runic is the most flexible as well as the most splashable and control engine I guess. The question is not if it's the best as far as dedicated as far as dedicated control decks it probably is a labyrinth but like as far as just like overall engines because there's like a lot of control engines out there, right right
0: Yeah so. it, it is interesting uh, I guess this sums up my opinion uh, find like a really <laughs> cheap control deck that you can teach somebody. Uh, after you play with the the starter decks, would be my advice.
1: Yeah, I I really wish control wasn't so far and away the best way to learn intricacies of gameplay in a lot of a lot of the time because I hate playing against control, but it really is a spectacular way to really figure out like the ins and outs of Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: You have to you have to learn how everything else works to succeed, but you can also sometimes get away with. Uh, you can also sometimes like you're not going to lose all the time. Is is the idea? Is you, right. you will you will win games just by by virtue of the matchup spread, uh, and then it's just yeah. a matter of kind of learning all the different pieces from there. Sure. Um. Next question: Do you think
1: Dina will rise in the meta after the new Transcendorus Transcendosaurus support? <sighs>
0: As the, as the this chief, was like um, uh, right at
1: you. Yeah.
0: As, as the chief lab rat, uh, no. Uh, I, I think you can see that it's not topping regionals very frequently. Uh, although to be fair, there haven't been as many events. Um, I think the main problem is that nobody can still decide what the best thing to do with this is. Uh, th- like I have been kind of trying to figure out the combo side of things. Peeps has been trying to figure out the control side of things. Uh, The 10-minute testing on MBT's channel actually went up, and that is the peeps list. Uh, So if you want an example of how that plays, go check that out. Um, I've also got some replays if you want to message me. Uh, There's still Blind Second as an option. Uh, People have been trying to revive Mathmech stuff, because you can now end on uh, Baron Savage, uh, Heat Soul Superfac. Uh, So there's still tons of weird stuff happening, but it's clear that it's not good enough and it won't be until Duelist nexus. Oh, well, okay. Actually, that's not accurate because we don't know if these cards are going to be in Duelist nexus until we get horned Saurus and the fusion. I do not think it's going to start making waves. Once we get those cards that changes, it changes the floor and it changes the ceiling right now. Right. The floor is not any different. The ceiling is just higher and you have like access to one extender. So, my position is not yet, but it will be.
1: Right. That's very fair. <laughs> okay. So, the next question is, if Vanquish Soul was a fighting game, who would you make? Ooh. So, I sent you a link.
0: I'm going to take a look. I'm going to think about this.
1: Yeah. I sent you a link to the Yugipedia page for Vanquish Soul. Mm-hmm. And this is your opportunity to kind of go through it and figure out which one you think works best for you. I'm just going to let you know. I'm going through it right now. I don't think Caesar Valius is like
0: a fair pick,
1: to be honest.
0: God, if my twin brother is listening uh, to this, he's going to murder me. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i i feel like caesar valleys is not a fair pick if we're allowed to pick caesar valleys and that's my pick but if we're not i'm probably going pantera looks like looks like pantera got the kicks and i like kicking people in fighting games so
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's fair. That's my answer if i am being uh <laughs> uh it's got to be pantera i got yeah i'd like uh, Blaze Blue, uh, I play Makoto, um, so that should immediately answer any questions for anybody who knows what that is. Um, in uh, I'm just gonna believe you. Marvel vs. Capcom Three. I think our team was like Spider-Man, Deadpool, Rocket Raccoon, or occasionally it was uh, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Felicia. Zero synergy, uh, but that <laughs> just design-wise, I mean, like Caesar Valius is too much. Heavy Borger is too much. Mad Love is funny. Uh, Matt, my twin brother would play Mad Love because it's very Tron bonesque esque. Um, that was my second choice. Was Mad Love? Yeah, and Razan is like cool. I like the the gigantic fisticuffs would actually be really cool in uh, in a fighting game. But uh, th- th- I gotta go with Pantera. It's that like we got the Chun Li. We got the we got the we got the strong legs going. I gotta, yeah, yeah. Um. Let's go
1: to the next question. Question. This is another one aimed right at you.
0: Okay, they're coming. What
1: are some key choke points in the new build of Dinos and how to beat them?
0: Yeah, so... Uh, God, you're, you're really asking me to give away the sauce here. Okay. So, something that's very underrated when playing against Dino, and it has always been true that this is very underrated, is a lot of people will try to Ash Misk or uh or ash like oviraptor raptor or ash like fossil dig don't ask fossil dig or ash-, ash the first baby or Ash pill yes uh I think generally speaking ash baby uh, is is the way to go especially if you have two hand traps there are exceptions like if it's clear that your opponent's play probably relies on misc you might as well ash it but um go, like when your opponent goes say your opponent goes like over after target baby, bring back the baby you can ash that baby and that can really screw them up especially if they don't already have um ground xeno or xeno meteoros if they have xeno meteoros it gets a bit complicated uh it depends on the specific line but generally speaking i think ashing either ash the misc or if the opportunity to ash misc doesn't present itself ash the second baby in the graveyard because the babies in the graveyard are not protected by misc uh so that's i was also gonna say
1: i like ashing i do like ashing misc i know you said it's not
0: always great If they're like
1: ashing misc when, when so, Misc tries to
0: summon archosaur if okay so here's the thing if they are ashing misc for archosaur ash the baby that archosaur destroys because then you're most likely only dealing with like uct and maybe an ip mascarina because if you if you if you um say you, you ash the misc there and they have the extender, you get kind of owned. But if you ash the baby that the uh, archosaur destroys, they're not summoning the extra body off of that baby that they can then destroy with either a ground xeno or a Meteoros or an overraptor. So they get a lot less value. That's very out of fair. Them. So if they're doing misc for archosaur, ash the baby in graveyard. Because if they have to... Think about this. Okay. If they normal... What happens if they normal summon overraptor? After you... After they, so they go misc, summon archosaur, pop the baby... You, they add the pill, they ash the baby, they normal summon Overraptor. They can do like Overraptor pop the Arco, bring back the baby, or and then what? They don't have a non-dino engrave. They can't activate the pill, so they can link off the Arcosaur, right? And then do what? So they the secure gardener UCT pass. The, their hand has to be like really, really good to actually play through that. Now, if you have two hand traps, ash the misc. But if you only have ash and you think you can play through Ultimate Conductor Turo, I would heavily consider ashing the baby. Yeah. Because it also gets missed out of deck and they can't recover it, right? But anyway, just something to think about. I'm, I Absolutely. promise, I promise, I'm not gaslighting you. It's actually a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first thing I said was Ash, the first baby. So that is true. You're, you're, I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're buying into my propaganda. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question: What is your side deck looking like? <laughs>
0: Great question. So, what do you think? We, we we actually spent a lot of time last night talking about this. So you might have some good ideas. We spent—I'm
1: not kidding—about somewhere in their neighborhood of like half an hour to almost an hour getting.
0: We were. He was desperately trying, trying, trying to, to get dark ruler. <laughs> it's what he was doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So my current side deck, we ended up on three DD Crow, mm-hmm. three Forbidden Droplet, three Anti-Spell Fragrance, three Cosmic Cycle, and three Rivalry of Warlord. Seemed pretty good. Um, my side deck is funny. I said I want to play Floodgates, and Backrow Removal, and then Boardbreaker, and then also let me throw
0: in them DD Crows because I really hate Brandon. That's true. Uh we, we will not be resolving Gimmick Puppet Nightmares Condition. It's not gonna happen. Absolutely not. Uh my side deck, I'm playing Fluffle right now. Uh is the main thing that I've been testing for this format. Although uh Neshi's trying to Neshi's trying to pill me on uh on overdrive turbo. And uh and I've always got Dino waiting in the wings. But right now the side and Fluffle, uh it's pricey. I'm really liking triple tactics thrust. Uh being able to get Oh, if of I had thrust really I would be good. playing it um being able to snag cards is really nice you can side out of engine because it can replace engine which is nice uh gamma seal uh it's just solid uh good removal could be curry cara but i'm not paying for those um fair one of the i I
1: also would play curry cards if i had them
0: yeah cosmic cyclone
1: really good uh so that's in there cyclone's insane right now i think you have to be playing cosmic in your side deck
0: I' I'm, uh, I'm also siding Ash Blossom. I think a lot of people should be maining it. Fluffle is a deck that doesn't have a lot of main deck, non engine space. so I am siding it just because it's good into branded and it's good against labyrinth. And then uh, I've got a third edgem scythe in there, and then it's like a dark ruler and an evenly for the triple tax. Uh, we've been messing with some normal trap targets. Uh, and when we get to talking yeah. about nets, there's something there to talk about, but uh, so I'll save that for I'll save that for later but uh, fair enough yeah so it's thrust and some targets uh, gamma seal ash cosmic and an engine scythe I think yep. generically uh, pancrotops is a good card to be playing right now and that's that's all I got for you yeah <laughs> what is the funniest tech card you
1: have found that worked so you're gonna have a
0: lot of answers you, you, for this one because you, you play everything. I'll, I'll try to come up with something, um, something I haven't mentioned, but go ahead.
1: I don't know if it's going to work yet or not, but I am going to try out Tangy Spirit Hasarara this weekend. So we're going to see how this goes. Also, I tried out at one point, a couple of a weeks ago, I tried out Land for Renicus. In the Sword Soul deck, it actually came up. It was pretty solid. Um, and there was another card I wanted to say I tried that I liked a lot as a tech card. I like Crimson Blader a lot. I think that card's really sick. And there was some other card. There was, a, there was one...
0: You think Anti-Magic the... Arrows was funny. Anti-Magic Arrows, yeah. You thinking uh, Berserker of uh, the Tenny? No.
1: No, it was it was a side deck card. Oh. When I first got back into the game, I was playing Dark Magicians and I had an extra side deck slot and my opponent was playing Dino, but he was he was playing Numeron Dino. This is back when you this is back when
0: F zero is still legal. Oh, uh, I see. So if we open the field spell, we F zero, and then we just OTK with Dino after. And if we're going second, right. we just open one of the two engines, I guess. Right. It did the job. Okay. But so they were playing. Uh,
1: they were playing that. This was at like one of my first locals. Well, at the time. I outlasted the F zero by just doing like dark magician control,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I um he was he was able to go into a mega clops, so he goes into mega clops, and then it's like, well, got out the mega clops. is your last turn. I look at my board and I'm like, huh, I have two Magician's Rods on board. That's crazy. Um, I just gotten back in the game. I didn't have an extra deck full of staples yet. So from there, I put in a, a Castell the Skyblasting Musketeer. And it came up and I cleared the Megaclops. And he was like, huh, you're really running
0: this dude. Nobody's running this dude in it, years. Yeah, or and he... I was like, he was in dude castell like honestly is such a strong card there are genuinely it there still times, is there are there are times when i have actually considered just playing castell like there are decks where having that type of rank for removal is just good uh i played yeah. it in dino before uh i think i was playing it for a bit in crystal beast there are like there are reasons to play those cards for sure
1: castell is still
0: unironically a good card yep okay uh, so I'm trying to think of stuff that I haven't really talked about much and I got a couple. So I think it may be like the funniest recent one. Uh, I mean, my Twitter, you've got like the Riot Dragon stuff, but some of that stuff is still like not super like test, test worthy yet. It's not, I can't say it's worked per se. It's a thing you can do. Um, I think the funniest recent one is probably a Cold the Zone. Uh, out of the sideboard for Crystal Beast is an anti Castira tech card uh if i haven't explained this for those who aren't aware uh, it, it, uh in in conglave control it's a staple in the side for this format exactly uh it's a searchable field spell uh off of salvation and it says when you're when the turn player normal or special summons exactly one monster destroy that monster and give your opponent a token castiera has to essentially use their entire hand to out the card because if they special summon a guy so say they special a fenrir a cold zone destroys the Fenrir and then gives them a token. So now not only do they have to waste their normal summon to link into a Donner if they're even playing it to get rid of it. Uh, they then have to also play after that. So their hand has to be uh, a guy you can normal summon, two different Castira bodies, and then a way to continue playing the game after that. And that's only them dealing with your field spell and nothing else. Uh, backed up by Conclave, Miracle, Bridge of the Heart, Baguska. Uh, whatever setup that you want it's really strong and it's a card that just like hasn't seen play ever but it did see play in exactly this scenario for exactly this format in exactly this deck uh so that one was cool for one from like ages ago uh, in paleozoic dinosaur during toss format i was main decking fiend comedian uh because it was that good. card's in- crazy it was good into everything so like imagine you're playing against orcust and you flip fiend comedian there are two things that happen, right? One is I banish your whole graveyard and you lose. Two is I mill a bunch of trap cards and paleos and survivals ends and dinosaurs and now uh, you also lose. Against striker, you go Kagari target your engage, boom. Either I banish your engage or I mill my whole deck. <laughs> right? Or it, then it's crazy the you got in there. Uh it was good against salad, you clear stuff like Foxy, Spinny, uh Falco, Casel, you clear the trap cards uh you clear the bailing out so you can destroy stuff with your survival's end uh and uh with the thunder dragon like clear it. banishing their graveyard it was like probably the worst in to the thunder dragon matchup but if you can you can still catch them off guard like if they have already banished their stuff you can clear out some of the extenders for the guard dragon stuff so uh i i really really liked fiend comedian probably the last funny one i mean the fluffle deck has like 12 billion answers for this um True. but another one of my uh... favorites like, I mean, Golden Lord, Royal Penguin's Garden. Yes. Uh, That's just what I was about to say.
1: Golden Lord in that deck is so funny. That's, like, the ideal
0: answer to this question. Because Golden Lord in that deck is hilarious, but it's ridiculously good. I, so, I have I have a spreadsheet for this format uh, for for testing. Uh, Golden Lord is just crazy. It's a shame that cash is a thing, because that makes it a lot worse. But it, 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 yeah. everything else is just so stupid. Yeah. Um,
1: So I was having a conversation with GGYGO earlier today, Mm -hmm. and I mentioned that I'm not super worried about cash. I said he well, He was like, he was like, well, I mean, you're kind of crazy for that. I said, well, think about it like this. Let's say cash is 20 percent of the field, which I think it will be less than that. Right. Of the overall field of the entire tournament. He said, well, Euros was 19. I said, perfect. I'm right on the money. So if it's 20% or even less, then I have a one in five chance, roughly, of seeing a cash player every round. Obviously, the more I win, the higher that likelihood becomes. But overall, I don't really see myself seeing that cash. for I me mean, 80% of my matchups... Are going to be against other decks and in a format as wide open as this one is i mean there's legitimate reason to not worry about cash as much i really think that you could just just play your deck right like just just play the cards you think you are worth are you know
0: worthy of playing and move on i think that's true uh okay last funny tech i will i will ramble about uh in early toss um i was playing blind second extravagance dinosaur this was at ycs niagara 2019 it was my first real event i hadn't even been to a regional before then i was playing blind second dino with extravagance with two utopia and two utopia double in the extra i was just hoping that i wouldn't banish each of them it was was a mess but the funny card was uh dino wrestler's stegosaur uh it was really powerful in the blind second version because as a normal summon it just added pancratops which was quite good um but the uh the foolish burial goods uh sending it going second means that without your normal summon you could go special stegosaur add the pancratops special the pancratops off of one card so it right. added, it, it was like huge value and disruption the Cystegosaur also brings back the Pancratops in the end phase if your opponent controls more monsters than you do. So if you can't break the whole board, you intentionally leave them with the monster. Systegosaur effect to summon Pancratops back in the end phase. And then if you can survive off of the Pancratops, you just try to kill them the next turn. So it was, uh, it was really quite really good there, but yeah, those are funny cards.
1: <laughs> next question, uh, for Edison, what is your favorite combo to pull off? I'm gonna be honest. Edison doesn't really have just, like, combos like that. I would say the closest thing is the Armory Arm Colossal Fighter OTK. That is a quote-unquote combo. And then there are some, like, combo decks, like Fish OTK is a combo deck. But for the most part, combos don't really exist in the same way that you think of them now, where you kind of, like, go on this little, you know, one or two cards, you know, lead you into this whole board. It's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as small things, I really like the idea of like having like a pyramid turtle or something in my graveyard and like ha- normal summoning zombie master priority declare effect, discarding plague spreader and then targeting plague spreader with zombie master and bring the plague spreader back. Stuff like that's very cool. And that way you don't have to banish your plague spreader. But I mean, Overall, I I don't think Edison is as combo-heavy as most people would would like to think, or as combo-heavy as a newer player might like. But that slower-paced gameplay, a lot of times, is what people are looking for.
0: I do actually have an answer to this question, Uh, shockingly enough, even though I have played very little Edison. So the combo is, it's a four-card combo. Okay. Uh, no, actually, it's a three card combo. It can be a four card combo. So it's it's Gedon and two copies of Rush Recklessly. So you go normal summon. Hydragedon. That is amazing. You go normal summon Hydrogeton. Attack your opponent's monster. Rush Recklessly. Damage step. Destroy their monster. Hydrogeton effect. Special summon another one. And then you go and Attack their second monster. And you activate the second Rush Recklessly. Broken. And then you get a third one. Exactly. It is pretty <laughs> awesome. What's your opinion
1: on Swordsoul now possibly being classified as rogue? Um Swordsoul's kind of in Rogue for like a year now, close to. So for me, I'm not really worried about it changing. Honestly, it's kind of probably for the best. Because if Swordsoul creeps out of rogue into like tier one contention, the issue then becomes um They would hit it. The ban list is a real thing and they've already reprinted Sword Soul, so they're not like trying to save the deck,
0: right? Yep. Yeah. So completely yeah. agree. Um uh, okay.
1: next question: why is no one using creature swap? I think enemy controller is a strictly better card. Because you don't give your opponent something in return. You can just take it. Yep. Yeah. And although it's not permanent, most of the time you're using it to link off or something like that anyway. Also, Enemy Controller has the versatility of being a quick play, so you can use it in the battle phase, so you can like attack with yeah. one of your monsters, Enemy Control that monster away, take one you of your can bonds, also uh, attack with it. You can, you can set also it just going use it first. to change battle position. Yeah, you can set it. Um, Changing battle position with
0: it comes up. Yep, definitely does. Uh, it can come off a of lethal sometimes, especially if you, everybody is like summoning stuff in defense. You can just go boop. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it almost came up in euro nats they're like uh, in euros it almost came up in the finals because in the finals there was a moment where they're like if he has an enemy controller he just
0: swaps the mood on to attack position and attacks
1: and that's lethal yeah you know
0: the other bit uh here is that there are just econ isn't even the only better card um mind control is legal change of heart is legal triple tactics talent is legal uh brain con is legal you yeah. but legal yeah yeah like all of those cards are, are probably better than Creature Swap. There are maybe some gimmicky decks that would play Creature Swap. Uh, there's right. there's maybe, maybe there's like a Makanko deck that might do some nonsense, but they they already don't need to do that to set up the OTK, so... Uh, yeah. Right. It's just... Uh, time's up for Creature Swap. We're not doing... Uh, we're, we're not doing Chaos Max stuff anymore. <laughs> what would be very funny, though, I will say... Is having a Chalfang and
1: Yazi on board, and using creature swap to give my opponent the Chalfang, mm. and then using Yazi to pop itself in Chalfang. I'm searching for tuners. That's broken. Um, what do you classify as technical play, and how would one practice technical play? Um, for me personally, I would classify technical play as everything that happens within the actual game of Yu-Gi-Oh. So all of your sequencing, all of your, um, your responding to your opponent's plays, uh, the way that you conduct yourself during a duel, I would consider technical play. You know, not not just, oh, do I hand trap here or do I let him go and hand trap later? Do I ash the Misk? Do I ask the Ovi? Do I ask the Baby? Do I, you know, what do I ask? That's all technical play. But also, sitting down from your opponent... And having an aura of, um, I I think there's a certain amount of having an aura when you sit down across from your opponent, having a certain mindset and attitude, not like rude attitude, like mean, but having that, um, that air of, I know what I'm doing, I'm confident, I can play this game and I can play it well, that aura goes a really long way. And psyching out your opponent, sometimes, just with your aura, can win you matches. Seriously. It sounds crazy. But I think that... I, that, to me, is a technical part of the game that you can develop. Yeah. And I know most the vast majority of people would not put that in technical play. Technical play is what happens on the field. But, to me, that's a technical aspect of the game that can be improved.
0: Yeah. The word that I like the most, I think, is composure uh yeah that yeah absolutely it is a part of your technical play you can have all the lines in the world it doesn't matter if you can't pull them up on command when it's time to do them uh so and not only that but
1: if you watch the euro finals jessica's composure probably won her that game yep she didn't scoop she didn't pick it up she didn't extend a handshake she, she let won. her she stone-faced and let her opponent play yeah. and he played himself into a hole and she won euros because of it her composure won her the game hundred percent
0: uh for the for the for the uh for the side that maybe most people would talk about which is the 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 gameplay aspect uh part of it is just practice you have to play lots of games in order to learn. i was gonna them, say that but it's only it's the only way to improve there's Yeah, if you want beyond that, if you want some good tools, uh, I like to make spreadsheets. If I do testing, I test in batches of 10 matches with a list, and then I reevaluate the list after those 10. Uh, I take each individual game, and I figure out why I won that game or why I lost that game. Sometimes you need to go back to a game afterwards to determine it. So if you're using a simulator, go watch those replays afterwards. Find... Yes. watch, Watch the replay afterwards. Figure out if there was a different way to sequence something. If there was a read you could have made. um, Find those things. And then make sure that you're also doing card evaluation while you're doing that. Say, okay, in these situations having this card wasn't helpful. How often is this helping me versus how often is this hurting me? And so that's something else you have to consider.
1: Yes. The last thing I'll say is... If you really want to improve your technical play... To me, there are exactly two ways of really guaranteed improving technical play. The first is to play as much as humanly possible, right? The obviously, the more you play, the more you practice, the better you get. It's like chess. You're not going to get good at chess just by watching YouTube videos about chess. You also have to sit down and play the game, learn how to read your opponent, learn how to build your own composure. Learn all these little intricacies that make a difference and that will help you be better. The other thing that you can do is you can seek out coaching via things like Metafy. These are all things that you can do to improve your play.
0: Yeah, that is true. So what do we uh um, this is a really interesting question next, actually. Uh you wanna read this one? Yeah,
1: sure. Uh what are your favorite sources of Yu-Gi-Oh content? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that you're not true. slick that is
0: the that is the next question um
1: i mean why is giant skyhawk the best co-host of the top yugioh top cut
0: the top cut yugioh podcast oh wow. um uh it's it's because of my uh excellent yoshi hat and my wonderful smile jokes on skyhawk he's not the best host that was caleb we miss <sighs> you caleb that's true <laughs> Shoutouts to the ogs um for the for the actual question uh Favorite sources of Yu-Gi-Oh content. Well, I mean, I hope y'all would answer us. But in terms of us, of yeah, I mean... well
1: that was my first thought too, but I'm gonna to them 'em I'm gonna give them a pass on this one. True, true, true. Because
0: if they're here listening for the answer, then we already know what they think. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my um uh in terms of like larger creators, uh, MBT for sure, uh, just wonderful dude. Um for for uh, smaller creators, uh, the Curry Bandits, uh, Jack's LMS put out amazing content. Uh, mm-hmm. When when it comes out, sometimes can be slower, uh, but when they when when they upload something, it's always like very high quality, uh, or it's really really funny for for stream stuff. Um, uh, the it's it's kind of a shame that Twitter is going down because I think there is uh, there was a really good. Yu-Gi-Oh! community on twitter so a lot of stuff from there uh valmay may May. um uh i think it's at valmay.may or valmay underscore may on twitter is uh amazing artist draws a lot of liberomancer fan art uh super high quality all the time uh for cosplay uh ted slash j at hojo cause and uh and Shiggy's are just absolutely killer they post they just post banger memes uh jjpm also a great meme channel yada locked is great there's tons of people that I'm not thinking of, but that's... Yeah. So, for... Shout-outs to Neshi Ca- so and uh, f- Golden Nova 2 Both of them are awesome. Of course.
1: So, for competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! content, I would say a small channel I would recommend is Aurora YGO. Uh, Aurora is somewhere between a thousand and two thousand 2,000 subs. For mid-size to larger competitive content, I would recommend GGYGO. For the largest Yu-Gi-Oh! content creator that is mostly competitive, either PAC or uh, MST.TV. I'll, I'll be honest, Tombox's uh, hand trap guides and things like that, and uh, deck breakdowns on where how to interact with each of these decks, has been one of the biggest helpful sources for me. When I get busy for a few weeks and I need to learn certain shifts or changes in the meta, how things have moved... Tombox is usually my go-to. He really does some amazing explainer videos breaking down meta trends. Um, mm-hmm. as for, Like I said, Pack is always wonderful for competitive content also, but that's mostly a stream thing. As far as casual content, I'm a big progression series fan, like original progression series and History of Yu-Gi-Oh! Both of those are wonderful for me. I also really enjoy E3, and then, of course, I just browse Twitter constantly, even though, again, like Skyhawk said, unfortunately, it's going down. Oh, my goodness. My contact is messing up. Ah! Okay. So, next. Uh, what do you think the ideal game length in number of turns is? Uh, I think if you're looking at old-school Yu-Gi-Oh!, like Edison format, you're looking at, like, 16 to 20, maybe, four, maybe like, 12, 13, even. I think 12, 13, 12 to 15 is probably really good. Uh... And if you're talking about modern Yu-Gi-Oh!, I think like six to seven turns is a lot is probably fine. Cause people are like, ah, less turns is a problem. A game going three turns is not cool. Yeah, but if those three turns have more those interaction
0: are... than an entire Edison game. Yeah. I disagree. That's where that's kinda of where I was going. I think the I think this question is maybe a bit misplaced. Um Yeah. Yeah f- I don't care if the game is...
1: I don't care if the game is two turns or 22 turns
0: as long as there's about like 40 points of interaction in that game. Exactly. And now I I think part of the reason this criticism comes up is because uh, there are a lot of crappy auto-wins and my response to that is let's get rid of those. We can have short turns if there's lots of interaction in them. Like another great example uh, there were a ton of games on the Eurostream like the the finals match tons of like it was like a three-turn game that was super back and forth so lots lots of lots of ways to work there um next
1: question for skyhawk how was the adjustment period for coming into an established podcast and trying to slot in and find your own style of conversation and stuff seems like a cool experience
0: so uh, i think actually that part of it was not very difficult for me i'd been on the show before uh Sure. And and so it's, it's not like I didn't have experience rambling about things that I enjoy for hours at a time. Uh, but, but so that part of it, I think, hasn't been that challenging. I've been around creating content. I think the bigger issue at first was just organizing remote stuff. Like, I think we've talked about it Yeah. many, many times. But we are finally in a place where the process is starting to go down, uh, as we say, as we we're recording Discord uh, on a Monday night with Laura. Baldwin, well, but...
1: this, this is entirely my fault for working and getting home at almost midnight. Uh, because that would be of work.
0: the, that would be, uh, that, that would be the fault of your employer and not you.
1: So. Well, yeah. Like, yeah can we, well, listen, we'll know by tomorrow whether or not we're going to strike or not. Yeah, so. That's true. Oh, that's right.
0: That is the, that is the deadline that the union set. Um, Wednesday it's at 8 a.m. I'm, I'll be awake. I'm going to, I'm interested. Um, yeah but anyway, it's Seven your time i uh i feel uh, i feel good about it i think i i'm entertaining come on uh yeah. i <laughs> I, uh, I think finding 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 conversation is not hard when you are around good people so having uh hey. having sunny here to to talk to definitely definitely helps the show
1: Okay, Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump over to the poll that we had in this. We're going to catch the poll and we're going to come back and hit the last question because the last question is going to lead us into Euro's discussion. Mm-hmm. So, the poll for this week was, Was Tactical Masters a poorly designed set? The options are yes and no and the set design was not bad, but the card pools enabled by the set is a problem. I voted no. Which... Might be
0: a hot take. So so your your opinion is no, the set design is not good? Um the question was was it a poorly
1: designed set? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I think it was a very well-designed set from the perspective of giving us playable decks in Labyrinth and Runic. And a bad Pendulum strategy, as all deck build sets do in Valence. But, overall... Well, okay, let's be honest here. All Every Pendulum strategy we've gotten, like Valence and Solvacord, like These Pendulum strategies are not good. The point is to be gimmicky Pendulum strats that have nothing to do with Electromite. And they have their own game plan away from Electromite. That's the key. That's the whole point. The point of these decks is to not be odd crazy high-end combo pendulum deck that does all this stuff and ends on the same board that non-pendulum decks do just it can also special summon a bunch at one point that's the point of these decks that's why valence is so weird that's why sulfacord is so weird they're designed to work around not having electromite
0: yeah i i think if we're talking the the designs of the set in terms of like the archetypes themselves like if we're talking tactical masters i think it was good like Valance is are really cool. deck. Yeah. it's got a lot of unique stuff going on, even though its its ceiling is quite low. Uh, if if you want something very it's challenging, it's cool, to but learn, it's bad. Yeah, it's cool, but it's bad. And uh, something else that I think is important: um, labyrinth and runic are both good, and they have different ways to play them, and that Agreed. gives you a lot of flexibility. I think the Agreed. rarity distribution is like me, eh, eh. like I like in terms of the, the structure of these side sets. I'm not a fan like uh the the way that it's it's printed but in terms of like the design of the archetypes i, mean, I think they did a, i think they did a good job of this one it's better than my favorite games.
1: thing about tactical masters is the actual designs of the archetypes themselves how they're designed after like three different kinds of video games i really really love the way they design that i think it's very cool but i will say the card pulls enabled by this set Probably is a problem. <laughs> the fact that trap tricks, yeah. I mean, the fact that Labyrinth can just kind of grab normal traps and set them and like do stuff, like just go get D barrier
0: or E rat. I don't like that. Yeah. But
1: at hey. the same
0: time, it also means we're having to balance normal traps around that existing, right? <laughs> right. The other thing is Runic, Live
1: Twin Sprite was a deck before Runic. And, um, I think Naturia enabling Naturia is not a problem, it's a solution. And I'm struggling to think of what the other Runic deck is. Runic for Hire. I also don't think Runic for Hire is a problem, I also think it's a solution. So for me... I don't even think that the runic deck is a problem unless you play it like a pure stun strat in which case it's not good so it's not really a problem Mm -hmm. but if you play it as an engine honestly I think the runic deck is really cool and even more so probably the most skill intensive engine to pilot in Yu-Gi-Oh right now like playing around not having a battle phase is really difficult to do playing your entire game plan around not having a battle phase and still winning the game knowing that you're going to go to time every round it's not easy so uh, there's a
0: lot of nuance and skill there this actually leads into the last question but uh i would actually put it at second place because i think that there is one that that is arguably more more skill intensive
1: there's a more skill-intensive deck to play in the format right now? Yes. Let me guess. <laughs> is it plants?
0: I, I can't believe you guessed. Uh, and speaking of, uh, our last mailbag question is for both yeah. of us. Now that Rika has won uh, back-to-back Euro titles, do you think this has cemented the deck as one of the goats? Uh, I think... I think it's kind of awkward no. i think no you, i don't think no. you can put it in the pantheon of like the best decks of all time i don't think that's a thing however uh I th- this does cement it in history forever like like yes winning sure. winning back-to-back euros off of being off the radar uh on the back of somebody who has both been times yeah both times on, on the back of somebody who has essentially topped? She has basically topped every event she has entered for the past year, and not just like yes. normal tops. Like we're talking her top track eight, record top is four. crazy.
1: Her her skill level with the deck is crazy. Her name on Twitter is Sunseed Jess. Clearly,
0: there is a love for this particular deck at all times. Yeah, and it, it, there's so many deep interactions with this deck like for sure uh jasmine contributed anything so if your opponent gives you stuff you can build around to to get the jasmine tributes off jasmine is not once per turn yep. uh at least the the tribute effect isn't so you can like constantly bait people into going through that um you have to be very careful because there is exactly one card
1: in the whole deck that locks you into plants and if you go through that line then you can't summon regulus yep. uh, like there's just all these little things that are so consequential that you cannot mess them up. Sometimes normal summoning ge- Sunsea, genus Loci is just not
0: the answer. You have to play th- play around other things first and come back to the Loci. Yeah. Other so. like, small stuff comes up. Uh, there are a lot of plays with Bengal Lancer where you can manipulate it so that it doesn't banish itself. Um, yeah. the, the Sylvan Link monster actually does level manip. Uh, so you can manipulate the levels to make um, your Xyz monsters with... Um, with very strange monsters, uh, like, there's so many, even, like, even, like, the Dryas stuff came up, because people just didn't read it in, in finals, uh, Healer is a card that's very difficult to use, um, something to, to manage well is when, like, um, there was a play in the top four match, I think, where she went, um, all of the stuff was set face down. It might've been like book of eclipse or something or, or Daruma cannon. So she went battle phase, attack the Ariana to, to like take damage and flip one face up so that there was a face up monster for the Rika monsters. To right. tribute. And, and it also, the damage also triggered the, the ability to summon the healer. And that was the material to make the Jasmine to tribute off their own set monster, uh, or her own set monster rather, uh, it just, I like. I yeah. saw that sequence, and I was like, "This is a master at work." I, <laughs> is, yeah, is what yeah, I wanted to I say. I will say,
1: <laughs> basically, here is the thing about the the plant deck: is it is probably one of the best decks, but it's also, as far as combo mid range decks, maybe the hardest to play. So, it's tough. Yeah. know, but it's good. We're so done.
0: we got the questions.
1: Yeah, we're done with all the questions. Uh, We pretty much actually talked about what I wanted to talk about with with Euros as well. Mm -hmm. The only notable things was there's a couple of really funny decks in like top 32 and top
0: 64, like Earth Machine and stuff like that. Earth Machine, top 16, uh, guy from Cyprus. Uh, Apparently, according to the Konami stream, he was the only Earth Machine player there, so that's funny. Uh, Here's what I'm going to say, though. I'm just going to let you know.
1: Euros has weird stuff that tops every year. Last year, there was a, a guru player that topped, right? Like, these things just happen. Google. So, yeah. Okay, with that said, are you cool with me going ahead and jumping on into the patrons? Absolutely. Let's hear some names. All right. So, a huge, huge, huge thank you to... We're going to start with... Bring Red Reboot back to 3. I mean agree so you got me all right uh it's not doing okay there we go uh also want to thank kane martin Xyphorus, a big stinky broken boy 13 ding Dongs, hostess of the yang zing earth machine best deck i mean maybe i i honestly at this point uh has anyone actually read toy vendor how many duelists does it take to unban maxi <laughs> there are not enough it doesn't exist there's not a number big enough HGH Cyber. I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. Is Canada Nickelback? John little Mountain Man. Oma spaghetti. Owen Alvarado. Seto Uwu Iba. Silver Hope. Understanding and reading are two different things. Upstart Goblin D's nuts. Virtually Savior's World. Zach M. Aaron Gardner. Alexander Chan. Asami Ashless Chaps. Atsuya, at Sympath the Silver Castle. Blackwing Silver. The ascent is the best floodgate. Box wine. Duty booty. Dragon maidenless behavior. I'm about to wreak a glamour tube for frosty's playing nuts in your mouth. Neshi, Old Man Red, pin code 143, Sakitama, Aratama, Nikitama, Cam, Obama, Slicking It Up, and Super Califragilistic, XP Heavy Samurai. Thank you all for your continued support of the podcast. Of course, if you want to get that extra episode every week, just join at the $5 and up tier. And with that said, Skyhawk, do you have anything you want to add? Love you, Neshi. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all. I, I never get that. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone! If you're gonna be at Nats, be sure to uh, come see me. I will be there at Nats all weekend, uh, and I believe there's a meet and greet happening with uh, me and GGYGO. So go look on our Twitter accounts for that. I don't, it'll be like outside the venue, at like a restaurant nearby or something like that, from like four to five p.m. on Friday. So, if you're interested in that, go check that out. And, as always, have a great weekend, everyone. Goodbye. Wait a minute. I just realized this episode's going out on Tuesday. I don't know. Have a great week.
0: Have a fantastic week.